Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at Whit Riverside. Let's welcome Chris, who's going to continue our series. I just love it when you come into church on a Sunday, and I don't know if you've come with expectation that, that God is going to show up. Do you do that? Yes. Oh, good. That's excellent. Um, and then, then Simon starts the service with that reading from Hebrews, and that really encouraged me because it talks about Jesus being the centre and and all that kind of stuff. And the worship then comes and brings us to a place where we, we meet with him. And then we have testimony of how God wants us to work in, his, in, in our lives. And I'm thinking, do I really need to preach? Because it's almost all been said. But we're going to carry on with the series anyway. And it's called Living Differently. And we're looking at the book of 1 Peter. And I don't know, Simon encouraged you last week to go home and read it through. It's not a very long book. won't take you long to do. It was a book that was written to encourage the churches who were being persecuted right across the Roman Empire. The Emperor Nero was having a great time coming down upon the children of God. And Peter eventually was martyred during this persecution. You ask the question, why persecution? Well, because there was a new king on the block. The Christians weren't bowing down to Nero. They were pledging their allegiance to Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. And for that, they were being persecuted, they were suffering, and they were being put to death. And Peter writes to them because he wants to encourage them in their faith. He wants them to keep on walking the And it's a painful time to be a Christian. But Peter's saying, persevere. Keep going. Give your best. And he reminds them that they are changed through believing in Christ. That their faith brings an eternal reward. Real faith leads to real deep change forever. This is not a passing fad. I can remember telling my parents I'd become a Christian and they kind of said, yeah, you'll get over it, you know. Well, it's a few years down the road and I don't seem to have got over it yet. We all come to faith in our own personal way. Now for Paul, on that road to Damascus, it was pretty dramatic with visions and some people get dreams, some people encounter angels. Others just encounter the truth of who Jesus is. And decide to follow him. For others, it's a gradual process. It's like they've been brought up in a Christian home. And it's like there's never a time when they didn't think or feel that they love God in some way. However you came to faith. It's a precious and lasting and priceless experience. Which you should treasure. So I'm going to give you a heads up where we're going this morning. We have a sermon that's traditionally kind of in four points. And these are they. The message comes, and we're unpacking 1 Peter 3 to 12. 
And Peter starts with reminding the believers that they've been born again and the future hope that they have. But he's upfront and honest about the suffering and the pain and the challenges and the trials that they are facing. But he points them towards the future reward that waits for them if they persevere. And he reminds them that coming to faith, they've come to love a new person. They've come to love Jesus. And as that love deepens, their trust for him grows. Because they find that having put their trust in Christ, that he is one that never, ever lets them down. And because of that, even despite the pain and the suffering and all that they're going through, they can experience a joy that is beyond natural understanding or experience. This is a supernatural joy that God places in those who believe. And then finally, Peter wants them to see that they're no longer just a small individual in this world of billions of people. But they are now part of a bigger story. God's story. And that story that started from the beginning, before the beginning of time, spreads on into eternity. And now they're part of that. So let's unpack it, shall we? And see what we get. By God's grace and mercy, we're born again. You cannot earn salvation. You can't work your way into heaven. Now, for some people who are achievers, are you an achiever? Are you one, one of those people who think, I really must achieve, I don't fail? For people a bit like that, it's kind of like, actually, guys, you know, there's nothing you can do to get yourself into heaven. It's a stumbling block to many and as you hear the gospel unpacked and you understand who God is and what he's done for us and you come to realise your total inability to live the life that God calls us to a life of perfectness a life of love a life of obedience then you come to that place where you need know that you need something beyond yourself now the phrase born again comes from John's gospel when a guy called Nicodemus comes and meets Jesus at night he's a bit afraid of being seen with Jesus because Jesus is a bit of a dangerous person to be around and he wants to know what this message that Jesus is preaching and Jesus talks to him about having to be born again and he's saying well hang on I don't get that how can you go back into your mother's womb and be born again Jesus says no no it's not like that you need to be born again of the spirit the Holy Spirit I'm not sure that he got it. Now the problem is, the words born again, what do they kind of conjure up for you in this day and age? That phrase has been taken, isn't it? And in some ways it's been twisted and distorted. But it's the phrase that Jesus used. And Jesus was pointing pointing to the fact that we need to be born again of the Spirit so that we can have a relationship with, with God who is spirit. And in being born again, what Jesus is saying is that you're going to be different. There's going to be a change in you. You're going to live life differently. You're going to behave differently. You're going to do things differently because God is alive in you. You're going to live a life like Jesus 
one that's sold out for God, one that's full of passion and compassion for the world around. And what Jesus is saying is that being born again is evidence of an inner change. And that change flows directly, Peter says, from the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that he's alive? Do you believe that he's living? Do you believe that he rose again from the dead? Because if you don't, then what is your faith? You know, I'm not sure as Christians we talk enough about this. We should be proclaiming that Christ Jesus is alive, that he rose from the dead, that death is defeated, that we have a hope that is eternal, that we are the most joyful people in the world because we know that we know that God lives in us. If you want to start a bit of a riot and you want to start to be different and live differently as a Christian, start talking to your friends about eternal life. And see what kind of reaction you get. Put your head above the parapet and see how people respond. You see, we believe here at Riverside Church that we want you to be part of our community because we want you to explore who Jesus Christ is. We want you to belong here. And you may belong here before you believe anything about Jesus. And that's okay. But maybe as you come and you explore Jesus and you encounter Jesus Christ in this place that you'll come to know him and accept him as your Lord and Saviour. And if you do that, it's a life-changing experience. You'll find a love that is beyond measure. You'll find forgiveness that is deep. You'll find healing of your soul and restoration of your life it's a life changing experience and Peter talks about the great expectation that follows being born again yes there is pie in the sky when you die and much much more and much much more there was a pastor who was visiting one of his parishioners one of his congregation she was a lovely Christian lady in her senior years and as he's having a cup of tea with her and talking about her life and what she loved and all the kinds of things that really you know gave her enjoyment she said you know one of the things I really love she said I like going along to the church socials where there's food (laughs) don't you enjoy that And she said, and what really lifts my spirit, she says, is when I get to the table and I see that there is a spoon and a fork. Because she says, I know. After the main course, there's something else coming. And I'm expectant. She said, I love my meat and two veg. But pie and custard or pie and cream that's what I really really love that's what I'm looking forward to that's my expectation well, a few months went by and this lovely Christian woman went to be with Jesus 
Now, this is a story that's based in America because you'll recognize that because the pastor goes to her funeral. He's going to say a few words, but it's an open coffin funeral. And there she is, this lovely Christian lady in the coffin. And the pastor goes and up to kind of bless, you know, and pay his respects. And what does he see? She's left very clear instructions about her funeral arrangements because there she is in the coffin with a spoon and a fork. <laughs> she had a great expectation that there was more to come, that life hadn't ended that there was eternity with Jesus to face. That was their experience. That was their expectation. But let's put it another way. Lights, cameras, action. Oh, well done. Thank you. soup four dollars cold medicine eleven dollars tissues one dollar blanket twenty four dollars Making it all better. Priceless. MasterCard Pay Pass is easy and safe. Just tap and go. Or to put it another way, as Peter says, it's priceless. <laughs> Our faith is priceless. Jesus paid a price for us when he went to the cross. But he rose again and conquered death. And there's an expectation of life beyond this life. And the scriptures tell us that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those that love him. That's what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 2.9. And Jesus says in Matthew 28 that he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's going to send you out into the world. You're going to face trouble and difficulties, but he's always going to be there with you. And then in John's Gospel, he tells us at the right time, he will come. He will come and he will take us home to be with him, to be in his presence. You see, real faith knows that God is our protection. But it's not a protection from physical death. It's not a protection from the trials and difficulties that we face in life. But it is a protection and a promise that the eternity that he promises you will be delivered. And living differently means that we have to lay down our lives. We have to reset our priorities. We have to put Jesus at the centre of our living. And in 1968, in a bedroom in Friars Close, in South Tankerton, I took that decision to give my life to Christ. At that time, I worked in a place in London, in the city of London, the Lloyd's Underwriting Market. And as I walked into the underwriting room on the following morning, I walked towards the box where I was 
worked. And I worked alongside a Christian called Keith. And he'd been taking me to services every Tuesday lunchtime where I'd heard the gospel preach. And as I walked up the room towards the box, he looked at me and he ran towards me. Now, running wasn't permitted in the underwriting room, Lloyds, but he ran. And he looked at me and he said, what's happened? You've changed. And I told him, and he was the first person I told that I'd given my life to Jesus Christ. And we enjoyed that moment together, celebrating my newfound faith in Jesus Christ. You see, it's it's life-changing, but it's also challenging. As the song goes, there may be trouble ahead. And life is full of troubles, whether you're a Christian or not. Your non-Christian friends will have their difficulties, their ups and downs, their marriage problems, as we've heard. Bad things happen to good people. But when you're born again, when you follow Christ, then a whole new dimension of difficulty opens up. And Peter's writing to encourage the Christians to face those trials that are experiencing. And only if your faith is genuine and real will you be able to stand under the persecution or the difficulties that you face. Their faith is being refined like gold. And our faith is more precious than gold or any other earthly treasure. And Peter knows knows that in the trials we can make bad decisions. He remembers the time when he stood at the trial of Jesus Christ. And despite being told by Jesus that he would do this, he denied Jesus three times. Because he didn't want to face the pain. He didn't want to pay the price. Fortunately, we have a gospel that says there is forgiveness. And Peter knows that even if we fall, there's a way to be restored. Trials and tribulations of life come in different forms. Maybe you've lost somebody close to you. Maybe there is a breakdown in your relationships. Maybe you're facing financial difficulties, hardships of all kinds. You know, life is hard and it's not always fair. And we as Christians are called to... And life can throw stuff at us, can't it? And it, can ask, it really can make us question, is God really good? Does he care? Is he listening? Is he even there? And maybe the question is, why me? Why now? When I experienced the move of God in my life, when I was in my late 40s, it it culminated in me being called to be an elder of this church. Kind of the pastor and the time, Ted, and the other elders recognised there'd been a bit of a change in me. I'd reset my priorities to put God first in my life. And we were appointed. I was appointed. And Andrew and I can testify to you that we had the most awful 12 months. Our family life got turned upside down and inside out. There was hardly a week went by when something didn't go wrong some different trial, some different difficulty, some different struggle. And we kind of question about whether or not we should actually carry on with this because this was really, really painful. 
But when trouble, trouble strikes, we have to ask ourselves, who is God to us in these awful circumstances we find ourselves in? And as you find out who God is for you, then you find the strength to carry on. Paul writes in Romans these encouraging words. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us to develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. God doesn't disappoint us. He's given us the seal of the Holy Spirit that he might pour out his love continually into our hearts. I don't know about you, but in my experience, problem often comes in the shape of other people. I can remember being at work and I was working with somebody and uh, we were the same level in the company and if I said something was black, he'd say it was white. If I said today was Sunday, it would be Saturday. If I said we should go left, he'd say we'd go right. (sighs) He was such a trial. And my prayer was, Lord, take him away. Well, the Lord did. And the person who came was ten times worse. Be careful what you pray for. <laughs> you know, as a young man, um, I had a bit of a problem with anger. And uh, one Christmas, uh, I'd organised the Christmas lunch for the staff. And uh, one of my staff was moaning about the fact that I'd invited some people from another department. And she did this in front of the, the whole office, which was hardly in the Christmas spirit. I tell you now, the only thing I can remember of that moment is picking up a chair an office chair with the back and all the swivel wheels, and I threw it across the office. Fortunately, it didn't hit anybody, but it did hit the wall of the porter cabin we were in, and the whole building shook. I remember turning around, announcing Christmas was cancelled, going into my office and slamming the door, which shook the building again. I was physically shaking. I was ill, feeling quite ill, with anger. At that point, I realised I had a problem with anger. And before God, I had to take care from that day on to guard my heart, to prevent anger taking over in my life. You see, when we face trials and difficulties, they are character building, but you have to make some decisions, good decisions about how you're going to live. And living differently means we choose to be truly glad. We choose to praise God through the trials, not, necess- not for the trials, but through the trials. You see, when we worship him, when we say he is good, despite all that's going around us, then something changes within us. God comes and meets with us in an amazing way. The Holy Spirit connects with us. And that's how we become more than conquerors, more than overcomers. When we choose to worship God despite the circumstances that we find ourselves in. If you want to find out more of that, read a great book called From Prison to Praise. It really changed my life. 
Choosing to live through trials, knowing that there is a reward. Praise and glory and honour comes. How can I illustrate this? Well, it's virtually a year ago today that I preached. And it was my last preach as a fully paid up pastor of the church. Do you remember that? I remember that. It was a great day. And then at the end of the preach, Keely came up and said a few kind words. And then you guys just stood up and he gave me a standing ovation, uh, which was incredibly moving and very embarrassing. <laughs> Can you imagine the scene when you get, I won't say to the pearly gates because I don't know if there are pearly gates, but you get to that place where you're going to meet with Jesus and all these cloud of witnesses that, that Simon talked about in the book of Hebrews are standing there and saying, yes, well done. You got there. You overcame. You ran the race. You completed it. And that's what Peter's saying to these guys. There is a reward. You will find that when you get there. Peter challenges us to remember that first love. And he wants us to carry on in that direction of travel of making us making Christ the centre of our lives. Maybe you're exploring Christ. If you are, we run an alpha course that will help you find answers to your questions. Maybe you've recently come to Christ and you're a new Christian. We run a Freedom in Christ course and that will help you grow in your faith. It will help you find out more about what Christ has done for you. But many of you here have been following him for years and you're you know, kind of old and seasoned, aren't you? Like wood. Stood the test of time, might need a bit touch of varnish here and there, but you're okay. But Peter says, come on guys, you've got to keep going on. You've got to keep pressing in. You've got to keep building that relationship with Jesus. You've got to make that first in your life. And you know what, the only way we get there is when we take personal responsibility for our spiritual growth. You know, churches are good, get us so far. Church leaders, probably great, they can get us a bit further. Courses, amazing. But ultimately it comes down to you and your decision to make Christ the centre of your life. And when you do that and you see the maturity that's in those that are further down the road, and I'm going to say this, it's not in my notes, but I'll just say it anyway. Guys, get over it. We've got to fall in love with Jesus. <laughs> he has done so much for us. He is the most amazing person ever. He's the one that deserves our honour. He's the one that deserves our praise. He's the one that deserves the deepest love that we can ever have in our hearts. And I know he's a guy, but get over it. We need to love him and show that we love him. We need to love him and put our trust in him so that our trust deepens. Twice I've had biopsies for cancer and I've had to trust God for the outcome. I've had to trust God with my family. I've had to trust God with the church that he called me to lead. And the list goes on and on and on. But you know what? We should be living as the most joyful beings on the planet. 
because who we are and who we carry. I cannot understand how people who call themselves Christians, who call themselves followers of Jesus Christ, can be miserable, whinging so-and-sos. Can't get it. Just can't get it. Does not compute. Because, as Simon read earlier, for the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. And your troubles and your tribulations are never going to rob you of your salvation. Are you always willing to believe that God is good despite the circumstances you're in? Because if you do, then you can experience a joy that passes all understanding. We need to move on, because time's running out. See, Peter wants to encourage the believers, and I want to encourage you today to know that you are just not an insignificant person in all the billions of people on this earth. That you've now entered into this story that God has put together when he started and created things in the first place. When he created men and women in his image and they messed up by disobeying him and they got cast out and they were outcasts and they lost the intimacy and they lost being in the presence of God and there's a God-shaped heart in each one of us and God wants to come and fill that. And all the New Old Testament talks of the story of God and his plan of salvation, all pointing to the coming day of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the King, the one who would come, who was born of a virgin, but born to suffer, born to die for the sins of the world, but death could not hold him. And what Peter's saying to you today is, you're part of this story. And maybe there's a chapter for you. Maybe there's a whole book. The book of Simon. That would be good, wouldn't it? You'd like that, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's close. <laughs> Don't give up. So, Coach, how strong is Westview this year? A lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday night down as a lost Brock? Well, not if I know we could beat them. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> <laughs> what, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. The 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You gonna give me your best? I'm gonna give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I don't want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. I get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right, let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground, just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. (laughs) 
That's it, Brock. That's it. Not the 20 yet? Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey, done. Just rest in a second. You gotta keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on, keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know I'm, he's heavy. I'm bad out of strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going, you hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Burn. And let it burn. Hours are burning. It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You promised me your best. Your best. Don't stop. Keep going. Too hard. It's not too hard. You keep going. Come on, Brock. Give me more. Give me more. Keep going. 20 more steps. 20 more. Keep going, Brock. Give me your best. Don't quit! No! Keep going! Keep going! Keep going! Don't quit! Don't quit! Don't quit! Brock Kelly, you don't quit! Keep going! Keep going! Go, Brock Kelly! You don't quit on me! No! You keep going! You keep going! Go, Brock! Ten more steps! Ten more! Ten more! Ten more! Keep going! Don't quit! Give me your Look up, Brock. You're in the end zone. Brock, you are the most influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Don't tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140-pound man across this whole field on your arms. Brock, I need you. God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Coach. Can I count on you? Yes. Coach. What is it, Jeremy? I wear 160.
Peter's message to the church is don't quit. Don't give up. Persevere. Keep going. Jesus deserves your very, very, very best. He's gave his all for you. So what are you going to withhold from him? Don't give up when it really hurts. Don't give up when it's painful. Don't give up. Peter's saying to the church. This life is but a moment and there's an eternity. And remember, he's promised to be with you through the trials. He's never going to leave you. Give it all you've got. What are you going to do with the stuff you don't, you've got left over? It's not going to be worth a hill of beans. Give it all you've got. Bring glory to God and achieve the works that he has prepared for you. Use every gift that you have for God's glory. And your contribution to the story matters because it impacts those around you. If you give up, if you're apathetic, what will happen with the people around you? They will follow. Don't give up. Press on. Be part of the bigger story. Spur the others on when they're thinking of giving up, when they're saying it's too painful. Get alongside them. Tell them that Jesus wants their best and not to give up. And keep your eye on the prize. The prize that Jesus has for you that will last forever and ever and ever. Will you please stand with me? Thanks for listening. If you would like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at Whit Riverside. <laughs>